Ta. So, how do you tell someone that they have bad breath? What was that? From a distance. <laughs> He's quick. What about body odour? That's kind of tricky, isn't it? You feel like you need to be reasonably close to tell someone. Actually, in my, uh, one of the churches I worked in, somebody came to me one day and said, oh, because we used to shift a lot of furniture before night service, he said, oh, um, I need some deodorant. Could you get a can of spray-on deodorant? So I went and got a can of spray-on deodorant, and he never used it. And for months afterwards, I thought, were you telling me I smell? How do you tell somebody when someone has done something wrong? Well, it's quite tricky, isn't it? Because it can go bad really, really, really fast. There's a story where King David has had a problem. There's been a war in a neighboring country. And you know the story. He um, He ended up getting caught sleeping with another woman. She gets pregnant. Husband comes home. And he... Things are pretty nasty here. In a plot that right out of Mad Men or House of Cards, he sends this guy to the front of the army to get him killed. How, and Nathan, a prophet, has the job of confronting him. So what Nathan does is he tells him a story about a rich person who has loads of stock and hundreds of sheep and cows and, and someone else who has a pet lamb, pet lamb. And when there's a barbecue for the neighborhood, the rich guy takes the pet lamb and kills it. And David's cross... And David says, as surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. And Nathan says, you are that man. Four. Seems to be that one way of telling someone something tricky is to tell them a story. And that is what seems to happen again and again. And it's interesting that Jesus, when he walks on earth... He just tells a whole bunch of stories. A third of what he says is a story. They're indirect, and often stories work best if you put yourself in the story so that the story can have that you are that man or woman, which is what Nathan says. And sometimes with a story you can ask, well, who is God in the story? So I'd just like to do that with the Good Samaritan. One of the reasons I want to do it is that most of the time we hear the things that we agree with. I wonder how often you go away from a sermon and you, uh, someone says, oh, what do you think of that? And you say, oh, you know, I agree with all of that. It was great. Yep. And we know in our age, one of our difficulties is that with people selecting what, group they, what voices they listen to, they're not, we're getting not as good at listening to another voice. Stories seem to get past that. Stories find a way around our self-denial. So here we go. In this occasion, an expert in the law stands up to test Jesus and says, what do I do to inherit eternal life? And it's a con job. Because the model for learning there was that this teacher stands to speak and the student sits. So as soon as the teacher stands, the expert in the law stands, he says, I'm the teacher. So he's setting it up and he says, what can I do to inherit eternal life? Well, what can you do to inherit things? You can't do anything. Inheritance is about somebody else dying. They make the will. It's not your baby. So it's a trick question. He asks, what do I have to do to get what I want? And Jesus, like the famous rabbi who says, why do you always answer a question with a question? To which the rabbi replies, why shouldn't a rabbi always answer a question with a question? He doesn't take the bait. He turns it back on the lawyer and says, well, what's written in the law? How do you read it? 
your turn to set the exam. And the exam quotes the Tanakh, the Old Testament, back to Jesus. He quotes something every Jew said every day, the Shema. Deuteronomy 6, 4-9. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, Jesus doesn't take the back. He's turned it back. The, the lawyer comes back. Good exam answer. Here is the Shema. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. Sorry, without the neighbor part. There's a story back then of a smart aleck who approached a rabbi and said, um, teach me the whole law while I stand on one foot, which is pretty much to say, could I have the bumper sticker, the tweet version? And the first rabbi, Rabbi Shammah, gets angry and chases him away. And Rabbi Hillel says, what is hateful to you, do not do to your neighbor. That is the whole Torah, the whole law, and the rest is commentary. And then I guess he put his foot down. So there's a background to this. Jesus says, you've answered correctly, well done, do this and you'll live. And then he tells the story. Well, no, not quite. We know the lawyer wants to justify himself, so he asks Jesus, who is my neighbor? So, you know who these people are already, but choose a character. Victor the victim, Peter the priest, Levi the Levi, or Sam. I'd like you to imagine that you're one of these. Uh, there's also in the story a motel owner and an ass. Please don't pick them. <laughs> I'm not going to ask how the ass feels. A man, we'll call him Vic, was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, Jericho's about 27 kilometers from Jerusalem, which is not that far, really. What's 27 kilometers from here, do you think? Wood end? Rangiora, yeah, I think more, more Rangiora. It's a, it's, it's a fair distance walking, but the phrase going down is very appropriate. Jerusalem is 760 metres above sea level, and Jericho is about 250 metres below it, so it drops down about 1,000 metres. Um, on the weekend of the last couple of days, I walked up to Temple Basin Ski Field. It's about an hour walk up. It's quite steep and rocky, and um, back in when I was young, we used to walk up there and ski all day, and then walk down at the end, carrying our skis over our shoulder, because we were young and fit. I am now do neither qualified on either concern. But it's a big drop. So according to Google, Lake Tiano is about 200 metres above sea level. That's nowhere near the elevation. It's more the kind of drop off is between Christchurch and Arthur's Pass. That's the amount of drop that we're talking. So we're talking really steep. We're talking pretty rough. And... Um, in that place, there are caves around, and for that reason, this is a place famous for robberies and gangs to hide. Lots of places for ambushes, a place that you don't go unless you have to. Uh, a little bit like back in the 1990s, by accident, I got off a subway train in Harlem, and someone immediately came, black guy came up to me and said, get on the next train. And I said, what do you mean? He said, just get on the next train and go. So I left. It was a place you don't go unless you really need to go. And if you do, there's a fair chance you'll get done too. And yet Vic the Victim is on that road. Okay, anybody here claiming to be thinking about Vic the Victim? Why did you go there? For a walk. Why not? Why not? Well, I think ample reason has been shown why not. <laughs> it's a risky place, yes? 
He might well have been returning home from being to the temple. Yep. That's, there are other people on the road, aren't they? Good call. So it is a travelled road. Just because something's risky doesn't mean we go there. Do, so did you know the risks when you went? So what do you reckon you were hoping for? You'd pull it off. You'd get away with it, maybe. Now by a good Samaritan. <laughs> now by chance, Peter the priest was going down the road. Um, first of all, for the listeners, Peter the priest is kind of like Captain America. He's just goodness personified. He does it right. He's about what is good and right, and so we think we know what's going to happen. He's rich, he's inherited his position, much like our expert in the law, and he's probably riding a horse or donkey. Okay, anybody here imagining that they are Peter, the priest? Why would you pass by? He's unclean. Priests aren't allowed to touch dead bodies. It makes you unclean. If you do, you have to stop being a priest for a while. Any other reasons you might not help? Absolutely. This is a scary place. If they got him, you might be next. There's a risk, isn't there? You don't want to get involved? He might not feel sorry for him. After all, he should know the risks. He could have travelled with a donkey like I did, or an ass. Actually, that he should know better. It's interesting the number of times I've heard the Good Samaritan story kind of um, used to say to people, make sure you put limits on your helping. And it is true that we shouldn't just be... Um, pouring out everything to everybody, but this is not what the story is about. So Peter the priest, he sees the person and he passes by on the other side. No chance of touching him, no chance of becoming guilty. What about Levi the Levite? So too a Levite, when he came to the place, saw him and passed down on the other side. Now, if you're a Levite, you're inherited wealth, you are... Um, one of the, the special tribes, the ones, if you were going to look at a caste system, they were the special, special ones. Why would you pass by? Any other thoughts? Well, if the guy wasn't one of the special ones, and it was that for them to walk along the road, what we got what he deserved in your life. Thank you. That's absolutely right. Well, he had it coming to him. Should have known better. After all, there have to be consequences, don't there? What else? Same thing as the priest for uncleanness. Yep. And what's going to happen to your planned day now? On a schedule? I mean, I. Absolutely. What's going to happen from here? We do many versions of this when we choose to pick up or not pick up hitchhikers. I'm not going there. <laughs> Other than to mention that, 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 am I willing to. At what point am I willing to take the risk, change my genders? And then Sam the Samaritan, who is hated. To call someone a Samaritan in those times was an insult. In fact, the one place in the New Testament where people are really angry with Jesus, they call him demon-possessed and a Samaritan. And there's some history. When Israel was conquered by Assyria, they took most of the Jews as slaves and servants. And the Assyrians trucked in other people. And the people who intermarried into a large... The people who 
at that point intermarried to a large extent became known as the Samaritans. So they were essentially um, the hillbillies, the ones where you make lines about how they have a few extra fingers. They are the rough ones, and they are hated. In Ezra and Nehemiah, when the Jews are going to rebuild the temple, the Samaritans offer to help, and they're told to go away. We don't want your help because you're not good enough to help rebuilding the temple. And to make matters worse, there's been a war between the Jews and the Samaritans. The Samaritans who'd built their own temple because they weren't allowed to help. About 100 years before Jesus... uh, Sorry, and the Samaritans had built their own temple. And remember, 100 years before Jesus... The Jews, had dis- the Jews had destroyed the Samaritans' temple. So there's quite a lot of bad blood. This is like um, a Protestant Catholic in Ireland. If our story starred Taylor Swift and Brooks Fraser, then the Samaritan would be Kim Kardashian. If they were sports people, um, then, um, then it would be Justin Marshall and Dan Carter could play the people who passed by, and um, Lance Armstrong would be the Samaritan the people we hate. If it was superheroes, then you could imagine Captain America and Agent Coulson, and the Samaritan would be Loki. The wrong person to help is the person we hate, the one that doesn't fit, the one we expect him to kick Vic, the victim, or kick him when he's down, or spit on him because he's a baddie. But just to highlight it, he stops, he has pity on him, he bandages his wounds, he pours on oil and wine, He takes the man on his own donkey, takes him to the inn, takes care of him. He takes out not a blank check, but enough money to live on for a while, gives him the money and says, hey, when I come back. And let's be clear here. So um, Jericho is not a safe place for Sam. He is hated. So anybody here imagining that they were Sam? Why did you do it? Yes, the Samaritans were also followers of the Torah. Because he needed help? Yep. It's nicer and it's common sense. Yes, at the back. You are Sam. (laughs) Well done, you. (laughs) That's the right thing to do. What was that? Compassion? So the punchline here, remember our lawyer is testing Jesus. He asked, who is my neighbor? And Jesus asked, which one was a neighbor? Which of these three do you think was a neighbor? So we've moved from love the Lord your God, something you say every day, to something that we do. Do the same of this to be your neighbor. Now you've heard this story before, haven't you? It's pretty common. It's, it's one of the famous Christian stories and for some reason or another. And Jesus tells him, go and do likewise the one who has mercy on others. Trouble is that in our world, nice guys, we say, finish last. Good Samaritans get walked over. If Sam makes it out alive, he probably goes home, loses all the benefits of his goodness in a fight with his wife over where did those denarii go? There was an article I read in The Atlantic that said, called Why It Pays to Be a Jerk. They did some research. They filmed some experiments where people were told to go into restaurants and act nice and ask politely for food, and others were told to go and be nasty. Guess who got the better service? The nasty ones got the better service, believe it or not. That's how our God works, but not how God's kingdom is. 
Now, I asked you to identify with a character, and I want to be Sam, but I confess that sometimes I am Peter the priest or the Levi. Here's my twist. If Jesus starred in this story, who would he be? The narrator. The narrator? He is the narrator. Well done. But there's no narrator in this story. That was in the play. Who would Jesus be if Jesus was in this story? Because remember, I said one, two ways of reading a story. One, put yourself in it. Another way, put God into the story. Who would he be? <laughs> the innkeeper. <laughs> that's actually, that's my conclusion. My first impulse is to say he'd be Sam because he helps, doesn't he? It's in his very character. But a number of people have noticed that a third century Jew who has been conquered and bullied by the Babylonians and the Assyrians and the Romans would first and foremost think of themselves as the victims. And Jesus did something like this. He descended from heaven. He came to earth as a man. And we beat him up and left him to die. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. He was despised and rejected by mankind. Which is the twist for me of the story. This is not just be nice to your neighbor. If you put Jesus in this story then you can go a step further and say, your neighbor is representing Jesus. Sometimes the follower of to, to follow Jesus is to seek to do the right thing, even if you're going to lose. To give up success, to serve others, even though it might hurt you. But there is risk. But to know that you are worth it all to Jesus, worth everything. And so the lawyer came asking, what do I have to get to what I get what I want? He wanted to get on the train to higher things and more of success and me, me, me. And Jesus gave, told the story of giving, of getting on the wrong train that is about others. And this service will end and we'll chat with some people and we'll walk out these doors and we'll see people. In this story, it could be if Jesus is the victim in this, then those lines where Jesus says, whenever you visited someone in prison, whenever you provided a meal, you are doing it for me, suggests that the other person may be representing the Jesus that we should, we would we'd like to want to serve. Because in the end, it may be true that in this world it pays to be a jerk, but the kingdom of God is not the kingdom of jerks. It's the kingdom who of people who are caught up into God's love for God and for others. That ends the message. <laughs>